0: Loving Father in Heaven, blessed be thy holy name, O Lord. Thank you for giving us the privilege of life, and we thank you for the temporal and spiritual blessings which you bestow upon our pathway every day. Dear Lord, we have our tasks to perform today. We have a heaven to win, a hell to shun, and except you give us strength. And you empower us. We cannot accomplish the purpose for which we live. On that note, Lord, we come to you that we may abide in you and fellowship with you now. And Lord, we pray that as we fellowship with you, your spirit shall abide in every one of us, giving us the needed strength and grace that we may be built up into the image of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. May your words flow forth from my mouth, dear Lord, for the sake of every one of your children who are listening. That we all may be blessed by all that we will hear, in Jesus' name I've prayed. Amen. (music) Conflict and courage. August 14 Send me. Also, I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? And who will go for us? Then said I, Here am I. Send me. Isaiah chapter 6, verse 8 It was under circumstances of difficulty and discouragement that Isaiah, while yet a young man was called to the prophetic mission. Disaster was threatening his country. By their transgression of God's law, the people of Judah had forfeited his protection and the Assyrian forces were about to come against the kingdom of Judah. But the danger from their enemies was not the greatest trouble. It was the perversity of the people that brought upon the Lord's servant The deepest depression. By their apostasy and rebellion, they were inviting the judgments of God. The youthful prophet had been called to bear to them a message of warning, and he knew that he would meet with obstinate resistance. His task seemed to him almost hopeless. Such thoughts as these were crowding upon his mind as he stood under the portico of the holy temple. Suddenly, the gate and the inner veil of the temple seemed to be uplifted or withdrawn, and he was permitted to gaze within upon the holy of holies, where even the prophet's feet might not enter. There rose up before him a vision of Jehovah, sitting upon a throne high and lifted up while his train filled the temple on each side of the throne hovered the seraphim two wings bearing them up two veiling their faces in adoration and two covering their feet never before had isaiah realized so fully the greatness of jehovah or his perfect holiness and he felt that in his human frailty and unworthiness he must perish in that Divine Presence. Woe is me! he cried. For I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For mine eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. But a seraph came to him to fit him for his great mission. A living coal from the altar was laid upon his lips with the words, Lo, this hath touched thy lips, and thine iniquity is taken away, and thy sin purged. And when the voice of God was heard, saying, Whom shall I send, and who will go for us? Isaiah with holy confidence responded, Here am I, send me. The prophet was nerved for the work before him. Amen. The title of our devotion for today is Send Me. And I would want for us to understand the situation that Israel was in at this time. Isaiah was a prophet of the Lord. In the book of Isaiah, chapter 1, verse 1, it says the vision of Isaiah, the son of Amos, who he saw, which he saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem, in the days of Uzziah, Jotham, Ahaz, and Hezekiah, kings of Israel judah now it's important for us to understand very well the time in which isaiah lived when we looked at last at yesterday's lesson we're able to understand that this king uzziah lived at the same time with jeroboam the second king uzziah was at the time in which isaiah lived has a striking resemblance to our present day isaiah began to minister In the days of Uzziah, the great king of Judah, who brought about a time of great and marvelous prosperity in Judah, King Uzziah was a contemporary to King Jeroboam II of Israel. Just like Amos, Isaiah was called to service in a time of prosperity in both Israel and Judah. Under Jeroboam II, Israel was at the zenith of its power. Jeroboam II had overcome the Syrians and had enlarged the territory of the northern kingdom to the northern boundary of the original United Kingdom. Uzzah, that's uh, if you even read Amos, you will see it's talking about Hermat. That's where he had extended the kingdom to. Uzzah had subdued the Edomites, the Ammonites and the Philistines. He also strengthened himself so much and made Israel prosperous under him. And I remember when I mentioned this yesterday, I, I twisted it. Uzzah is the one that Um, subdued the Ammonites, the Philistines and the Edomites while Jeroboam II during the same time of Uzzah had subdued the Syrians so Israel, the northern and southern kingdom were living in a time of prosperity and peace they were safe from their foreign enemies these were the times in which Isaiah lived and there are lots of similarities between his day and ours and that's the most important thing about the day of the prophecy of Isaiah the people which Isaiah was speaking to is just so similar to the people in our day you see times of peace are always times of danger the usual fruits of prosperity which are pride luxury selfishness oppression and things like that were becoming popular all around especially in israel sometime after the preaching of jonah the people of nineveh the capital of the assyrian kingdom once again departed from god the effect of Jonah's words had waned, and they were gradually becoming an oppressive and very powerful nation to be reckoned with. In the earlier part of Isaiah's ministry, this fear was well known among the people of Judah. But as we read in our devotion, what, what was troubling Isaiah the most was not even the Assyrians that were rising. What was causing him discouragement and depression was the apostasy of the people of Judah. Reading from Conflict and Courage, page 232, paragraph 2, we are told, but the danger from their enemies was not the greatest trouble. It was the perversity of the people that brought upon the Lord's servant the deepest depression. By their apostasy and rebellion, they were inviting the judgments of God. The youthful prophet had been called to bear them a message of warning and he knew that he would meet the obst- with obstinate resistance. His task seemed to him almost hopeless. So, with this setting in mind, which is similar to our days, let us listen to the words of Isaiah, how he preached as a youth when he saw the apostasy of the people of Judah. Today we see the same apostasy among us and these words can apply to us. In the book of Isaiah chapter 1, reading from verse 2, he said, Hear, O heavens, and give ear, O earth, for the Lord hath spoken. I have nourished and brought up children, and they have rebelled against me. The ox knoweth his owner, and the ass his master's crib, But Israel doth not know, my people doth not consider. Ah, sinful nation, a people laden with iniquity a seed of evildoers, children that are corrupters. They have forsaken the Lord. They have provoked the Holy One of Israel unto anger. They are gone away backward. Why should you be stricken any more? You will revolt more and more. The whole head is sick, and the heart faints. From the sole of the foot even unto the head, there is no soundness in it, but wounds and bruises and petrifying sores. They have not been closed, neither bound up, neither mollified with ointments. You see these words represent what the world has always been, but God's people has not always been like this. There was once a time when Christianity was pure and the people were true to their faith. Today we can say that we have equaled this description of the state of things in God's church as it was in Israel. This is what Israel had turned into and Israel of today is no different. True prosperity or a desire for it, people have departed from the commandments of God and they descend into a dead formalism. They follow the rounds of religion but are practicing base iniquity and crime in their daily lives. But there was a young man in Isaiah. Who preached about these things and showed the people their sins and under the inspiration of God he wrote in Isaiah 1 from verse 10 downwards hear the word of the Lord ye rulers of Sodom you see to him Judah had become so corrupt that it was like Sodom that's why he said hear the word of the Lord ye rulers of Sodom give ear unto the Lord of our God ye people of Gomorrah to what purpose is the multitude of your sacrifices unto me? Said the Lord, I am full of the burnt offerings of rams and of fat, of the fat and the fat of fed beasts, and I delight not in the blood of bullocks or of lambs or of he goats. When you come to appear before me, who hath required this at your hand to tread my courts? He said to them, Bring no more vain oblations. Incense is an abomination unto me the new moons and sabbaths the calling of assemblies i cannot away with it is iniquity even the solemn meeting your new moons and your appointed feasts my soul hated; they are a trouble unto me i am weary to bear them you see this is exactly what the lord will say to us today because of our own iniquities today christianity bears a striking resemblance to the world they can't see we can't see any much difference And that's how it was in Isaiah's day. And in verse 21 of chapter 1, he said, How is the faithful city become an harlot? It was full of judgment, righteousness lodged in it, but now murderers. Thy silver is become dross, thy wine mixed with water. Thy princes are rebellious and companions of thieves. Everyone loveth gifts and followeth after rewards. They judge not the fatherless, neither neither thought the cause of the widow come unto them. Therefore said the Lord, the Lord of hosts, the mighty one of Israel, Ah, I will ease me of mine adversaries and avenge me of mine enemies. And I will turn my hand upon thee and purely purge away thy dross and take away all thy teen. And I will restore thy judges as at the first and thy counsellors as at the beginning. Afterward thou shalt be called the city of righteousness. The fateful city. You see, these exact same words are to be preached in the pulpits of God's churches today. The people of God are in need of these words. But what is it that had led the faithful Judah into such a condition of things? How did they become so vain and formal? I'll tell you, it was the pride that came through prosperity that led to this. Remember I mentioned that Isaiah began in the days of King Uzzah? let's just read something about king Uzzah's days to understand how prosperous the kingdom of judah was in the book of second chronicles chapter 26 reading from verse 8 downwards we read about Uzzah it says and the ammonites gave gifts to Uzzah that's Uzziah and his name spread abroad even to the entering in of Egypt for he strengthened himself exceedingly like i said earlier this was a great king perhaps after Solomon, Jehoshaphat, Asa you can put Uzziah on the same level with these people, with Asher and uh, Jehoshaphat, on the same level. That's how great he was. Going on, it says, Moreover, Uzziah built towers in Jerusalem at the corner gate and at the valley gate and at the turning of the wall and fortified them. Also, he built towers in the desert and digged many wells, for he had much cattle, both in the low country and in the plains, husbandmen also and vine dressers, and vine dressers in the mountains and in Carmel, for he loved husbandry. Moreover, Uzziah had an host of fighting men that went out to war by bands according to the number of their accounts by the hand of Jael the scribe and Masaiah the ruler under the hand of Hananiah one of the king's captains. The whole number of the chief of the fathers of the mighty men of valor were two thousand and six hundred. And under their hand was an army, three hundred thousand and seven thousand and five hundred that made war with mighty power to help the king against the enemy. And Uzziah prepared for them throughout all the hosts shields and spears and helmets and harbijons and bows and slings to cast stones. And he made in Jerusalem engines, This was the first time anybody ever did this in Jerusalem. He made in Jerusalem engines invented by cunning men. This was not something that existed. This is how great Uzziah was. To be on the towers and upon the bulwarks, to shoot arrows and great stones withal. And his name spread far abroad, for he was marvelously helped till he was strong. Wow. The first time I read about King Uzziah, I wondered and said, wow, this must be a great king. And indeed he was. The word invented there shows you how great this man was. This was the man under whom Isaiah lived. And by the way, Uzziah prospered because he followed the commandments of God. He never had any war. Nobody conquered him. He lived in peace till the day he died. Of course, he had that era where he became so proud that he went into the temple to offer sacrifices and he became a leper and his son Jotham took over. But between Jotham and Uzziah, Judah was in complete peace from their enemies. No one attacked them. But then within judah there was a problem while it is that god had prospered uzziah as someone who was keeping the commandments of god the people through the prosperity that the lord gave them were now using it for the wrong purposes and that's why you hear isaiah talk about the riches that they had as it was something that was leading them away from god and today the same thing is happening people prosper and the riches that they have become a snare to them. And you hear these words now because it applies to us. Isaiah 2, verse 7. I said to his people, Their land also is full of silver and gold. Neither is there any end of their treasures. Their land is also full of horses. Neither is there any end of their chariots. Their land also is full of idols. They worship the work of their own hands, that which their own fingers have made. And the mean man bowed it, bow it down, and the great man humblet himself. Therefore, forgive them not. Enter into the rock, and hide thee in the dust, for fear of the Lord. You see, the riches that was in Judah made them to forget God. Today, riches and the desire for riches is causing the same problem among God's people. And the words that Isaiah spoke in his passion for his people applies to us. Another sin that had risen as a result of prosperity was the pride of dress. Isaiah spoke about this in very clear terms. He rebuked the pride of the daughters of Judah, which was, which was weakening the men of Judah. He said in Isaiah chapter 3, reading from verse 16 to 26, Moreover, the Lord said, Because the daughters of Zion are haughty, see pride, and walk with stretched forth necks and wanton eyes, walking and mincing as they go, and making a tinkling with their feet, Therefore, the Lord will smite with a scab, the crown of the head of the daughters of Zion, and the Lord will discover their secret parts. In that day, the Lord will take away the bravery of their tinkling ornaments about their feet, and their curls, and their round tires like the moon, the chains and the bracelets and the mufflers, the bonnets and the ornaments of the legs, and the headbands, and the tablets and the earrings, the rings and the nose jewels. The changeable suits of apparel, and the mantles, and the wimples, and the crisping pins, the glasses, and the fine linen, and the hoods and the veils—does that sound familiar? All these things I'm listing. Of course they do. And it shall come to pass that instead of sweet smell there shall be stink, and instead of a girdle a rent, and instead of well-set hair baldness, and instead of a stomacher a girding of sackcloth, and in, and burning instead of beauty thy men shall fall by the sword and thy mighty men in war and her gates shall lament and mourn and she being desolate shall sit upon the ground reading from spiritual gifts volume 4b page 63 paragraph 1 it says isaiah 3 was presented before me i was shown that this prophecy has its application to these last days, and the reproofs are given to the daughters of Zion who have taught only of appearance and display. Read verse 25 Thy men shall fall by the sword, and thy mighty in the war. I was shown that this scripture will be strictly fulfilled, young men and women professing to be Christians, yet having no Christian experience, and having borne no burdens, and felt no individual responsibility are to be proved. They will be brought low in the dust, and long for an experience in the things of God which they failed to obtain." End of quote. Like I said earlier, this same state of things in the days of Isaiah is common in our day. The same articles of dress here are still existing today. Pride and the god of fashion has taken over the land. These things Isaiah preached against in very clear terms. Not because these things came from hellfire, like many will preach on how attachment came from hellfire, and so not because of that, but because they were a revelation of the pride of the human heart. Dress today is the idol of many. Fashion is the God of many and it leads to recklessness and morals. Like it said, the result of this pride of dress in the women is what? The men, verse 25, that men shall fall by the sword and thy mighty in the war. Many look at these words of Isaiah as unworthy of notice or that they don't mean exactly what he's actually saying, but that is not true every word there is to be taken literally that is what the problem was in isaiah's day and today it is a problem oh my today people come to churches and they meet tailors in the church and give them med- and the tailors take measurement while in church the next sabbath they come and they give them the clothes business is conducted for the god of fashion on the day that is supposed to be holy the holy day of the lord then the ladies come to the church and then the the, 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 the things they are doing is harming them but yet they are still doing it. The high heeled shoes are kept in a big bag and they wear flat shoes and when they get to the church they remove the flat shoe and then they wear the high heels and start to walk in the church walking and mincing as they go. Is that not showing some kind of admission? Is that not admitting from themselves that it is uncomfortable to do such If it was so comfortable, then perhaps you shouldn't have carried it in your bag. You should have walked with it all the way. And there are those who, of course, will walk with it. That doesn't justify it. The very thing itself that encourages that pride. It's not just the high-heeled shoes. But every other thing that Isaiah listed here, everything we read, it's not my words, they're Isaiah's words. So take, take it as you read it pride of dress even among the poor it's not just the rich even among the poor everyone wants to show off everyone wants to oppress in dress both in the church and outside the church this is what isaiah was preaching about and the people of today god's people especially needs these words in their ears where are the isaiah's today apart from this the people were involved in the same thing were involved in the entertainment drunkenness the football the games they were all involved in these things where are the isaiah's isaiah in his own day said because the prosperity had led some into alcoholism Clubbing, entertainment, and all manner of sins that came in the train of these evils. That is how it is today. So Isaiah said, Isaiah five, reading from verse eleven, he says, Woe unto them that rise up early in the morning, that they may follow strong drink, that continue until night, till wine inflame them. And then also in verse twenty two he says, Woe unto them that are mighty to drink wine, and men of strength that ming to mingle strong drink, and in verse 12 he says, and the harp and the vial, the tabret and pipe and wine are in their feasts, but they regard not the work of the Lord, neither consider the operation of his hands. Woe unto them that draw iniquity with cords of vanity, and sin as it were with a cart, that say, let him make speed and haste in his work, that we may see it, and let the counsel of the Holy One of Israel draw nigh, and come, that we may know it. Today we live in a world where things are being twisted people do not know what a woman is anymore or even what a man is so confused with people identifying as anything their imagination tell their imagination tells them they would the world has come to a state where they think evil of all good and good of all evil those who say things to help and to stem the tide of evil are denounced as people who speak propaganda conspiracy theory or such like things and Isaiah had such people in his day and to such ones he said in Isaiah 5 verse 20 woe unto them that call evil good and good evil that put darkness for light and light for darkness that put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter woe unto them that are wise in their own eyes and prudent in their own sight woe unto them that are mighty to drink wine and men of strength to mingle strong drink which justify the wicked for reward, and take away the righteousness of the righteous from him. Therefore, as the fire devoureth the stubble, and the flame consumeth the chaff, so their root shall be be as rottenness, and the blossom shall go up as dust, because they have cast away the law of the Lord of hosts, and despised the word of the Holy One of Israel. Through divine inspiration, the Lord had revealed to Isaiah what would be the result of this casting away of the law of God and the despising of the Holy One of Israel. The Assyrians were coming, and they would be used by the Lord to judge other nations. They would be raised up to destroy Judah or to take them captives. He knew that it was only righteousness that could preserve their nation, but everywhere around him was iniquity. And therefore he prophesied and said, Isaiah 5, verse 25, Therefore is the anger of the Lord kindled against these people, and he had stretched forth his hand against them, and had smitten them, and the hills did tremble, and their carcasses were torn in the midst of the streets. For all this, his anger is not turned away, but his hand is stretched out still, and he will lift up an ensign to the nations from far and will hasten unto them from the end of the earth and behold they shall come with speed swiftly none shall be weary nor stumble among them none shall slumber nor sleep neither shall the girdle of their loins be loosed nor the latchet of their shoes be broken whose arrows are sharp and all their bows bent their horses hoofs shall be counted like flint and their wheels like a whirlwind well their roaring shall be like a lion they shall roar like young lions Yea, they shall roar and lay hold of the prey and shall carry it away safe and none shall deliver and in that day They shall roar against them like the roaring of the sea. And if one look unto the land, behold, darkness and sorrow, and the light is darkened in the heavens thereof. In these words, Isaiah was referring to the coming of the nations which the Lord will raise up either Assyria or Babylon, but mostly Babylon. That if Judah had continued in their sins, the Lord will take them into captivity to these nations. You see, this was the state of things in the days of Isaiah when he was still a youth in the beginning of his ministry at this time he had not yet encountered the lord and you could hear the way he was speaking woe 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 to everyone but he was not even looking at himself conflict and courage page 232 paragraph 2 says it was under circumstances of difficulty and discouragement that isaiah while yet a young man was called to the prophetic mission disaster was threatening his country by their transgression of god's law the people of judah had forfeited his protection and the Assyrian forces were about to come against the kingdom of Judah. End of quote. In the midst of Isaiah's passionate preaching against the sins of Judah, the Lord saw and took note of this young man. He was not perfect at the time, but the Lord saw in him someone he could use for his glory and the lord appeared to him to fit him for greater responsibilities he was then privileged to have a clear and awful revelation of the god almighty isaiah chapter 6 reading from verse 1 uzziah remember was a leper and later he died it says in the year that king uzziah died i saw also the lord sitting upon a throne high and lifted up and his train filled the temple above it stood the seraphims each one had his had six wings, with twain he covered his face, and with twain he covered his feet, and with twain he did fly. And one cried unto another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts, the whole earth is full of his glory. And the posts of the door moved at the voice of him that cried, and the house was filled with smoke. Then said I, Woe is me, for I am undone. Because I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips, for mine eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Then flew one of the seraphims unto me, having a living coal in his hand, which he had taken with the thongs from off the altar, and he laid it upon my mouth and said, Lo, this has touched thy lips, and thine iniquity is taken away, and thy sin purged. Verse 8 now says, also I heard a voice of the Lord saying whom shall I send and who will go for us then said I here am I send me amen in this response of Isaiah we see a similar response that we should have towards the call of the Lord as we see our walls descending into a similar and worse condition as it was in the days of Isaiah God needs men and women who like him will weep for the backsliding of God's remnant church and for their own backsliding. Because when Isaiah encountered the Lord, he realized that all the woes he was pronouncing on others was also upon himself. The same sins which existed in the days of Isaiah exist today, but among the clergy and the laity and then in the world. We live in a time of apparent prosperity. But within this prosperity, there is the same oppression and wickedness and crime and violence going on. Just like Isaiah called Judah in his days, we can say literally that this our world is like Sodom and Gomorrah. At a later time in Isaiah's ministry, he was told by God in Isaiah 58 verse 1, Cry aloud, spare not, lift up thy voice like a trumpet, and show my people their transgression and the house of Jacob their sins in love for humanity. We are to cry aloud against the oppression going on in the land. We are to lovingly speak about the sodomy. About the fact that our world is like Sodom and Gomorrah today. We look at the LGBT community and we'll talk about how to address those things in subsequent devotions. But we must call a spade a spade. And God needs people like Isaiah who will see sin for what it is and call it by his right name. We are to cry aloud against formalism in the church. We are to cry aloud against the pride of dress of the daughters of Zion. We are to cry aloud and spare not against the moral decline that shows itself in licentiousness and adultery. Oh, pornography! The evil that this sin has done to both adults, little children, and the teenagers and youth. Oh my, young men are falling like it was prophesied in Isaiah chapter 3, verse 25, that young men shall fall because of the pride of dress and licentiousness and all kinds of sin coming in in the world today. They are falling. We need Isaiahs that will cry aloud against these things. We need Isaiahs that will cry aloud against the alcoholism going on in our world the partying the clubbing and the calling of good evil and evil good this is what we should be doing today we may like Isaiah not know our real standing with God because Isaiah didn't know his real standing with God as a youth he was preaching the Word of God which is commendable but the Lord can call us to come up higher we will see our own uncleanness before God and our utter helplessness like him but the Lord may also call us and we may answer, Here am I, Lord, send me. But before the Lord called him, the Lord saw in him one who abhorred evil. It may be that in your own life you see that you are struggling with sin just like every other person, but that doesn't mean that you cannot call sin by his right name. The fact that you are struggling with it is no reason for you to justify it. Isaiah did not say, Oh, I am clean. He knew that he also had sin in his life, and when he approached the Lord, and the Lord Um, When the Lord appeared to him, he confessed, Woe is me! But he had been preaching even before that. Why? We can also do the same. And as we begin from somewhere, to try to address the matters that are going on in our own land and in our own personal lives, to try to make changes, the Lord can graciously come to our help and lift us up and touch us like he did to Isaiah, to a greater commission. I hope to see that in myself. And in every one of us who are listening, that we may be in one way or the other like Isaiah, that will not partake or justify the evils going on around us, but will call a spade a spade, and will, will get the help of the Lord to do greater works for him. Let us pray. Loving Father in heaven, we pray that you will make us instruments by which you can preach your word to the people. Today we know that you are also asking for people like you asked in the the days of Isaiah. Whom shall I send? Lord, by your grace we do not see any worthiness in ourselves, but we also want to respond. Send me. Not because we have the power, but because we trust that you who touched Isaiah can also touch us and qualify us and take away our iniquities. Forgive us our sins, Lord, and call us up to a higher sphere that we may do greater works for you. In Jesus' name I'm Amen. Seek the Lord while he may be found. People.